0: With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
1: Welcome to After 9. I'm your host, Rez Krebs, and today we've got the Friday political panel. That's Eric Allen, Herb Martin, Peter Ewart, and Art Betke. I wanted to start this morning talking a little bit about our neighbors in Alberta, as I love to do, It's kind of fun having Daniel Smith as a premier over there. You know, you get a little bit of drama every once in a while. And the latest drama is actually about her. There's a tape of her having a meeting with um Arthur Pavlovsky, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He's a uh Protestant preacher, street minister, and general rabble rouser during COVID nineteen. Um she had a conversation with him in January that was that was taped, it was via video conference. Uh, he's, he was under a number of charges related to continuing to keep his churches open during COVID-19 and actually uh, um, advising the protesters at the Koots border blockade not to abide by the agreement that they made with the RCMP to uh, dismantle the blockade and leave. Um, so Danielle Smith, in her conversation with Pavlovsky, told him that she was in discussions with Crown prosecutors about his case on a weekly basis. Uh, if that's true, that's a clear breach of the, uh, the important separation between the judiciary and the executive in our in our political system. Uh, Herb, what do you think about this? Is Danielle Smith potentially actually going to be hurt by this, or is this just more – is this actually what her base wants to hear?
2: Well, I, I, th- I think it's uh, – yeah, it's kind of what her base uh, wants to hear. She's um – Sort of pandering to the separatist movement again. Uh, Pawlowski, until um, uh, two days ago, was the leader of the Independence Party of Alberta, and uh, the meeting um, between or the phone call between uh, Smith and uh, Pawlowski, um was uh, organized by another separatist. So you know this is um, yeah, no sort of sort of for sure pandering. Um, what's astonishing though is you know she the the. Extent of her of ignorance of the Canadian judicial system, Um, she thought uh, that she had uh, U.S. styles of uh, or U.S. powers of pardon that uh, she could find some somehow to pardon the guy, and uh, she was very surprised when that didn't occur. Um, This this sort of adds on to uh, her general ignorance. It seems of uh, uh, world realities when she uh, previously had asserted that. uh, you are that Russia had every right to invade Ukraine because Ukraine had uh, nuclear weapons <coughs> nuclear uh, nuclear weapons was um, were, were basically um, uh, uh, Ukraine had handed them back to Russia in uh, I believe 1995 <coughs> excuse me and um, the fact that she didn't know that is astonishing and for her to take a, a public position on this, with ten percent of the Albertan population claiming Ukrainian ancestry, is is really more astounding. And I, th- I think people in Alberta are starting to get tired of it. She's um, she's a blowhard.
1: <laughs> right on, Peter. What do you think? Here is there? I mean, they're really defending her now and claiming that this was nothing. And actually. Uh, I believe they 're threatening to charge the c b c with defamation because of because of them publishing this report um, like i say is this is this is this actually going to help her or is this going to hurt her as herb says
3: well, I think the problem that, that she has of course is uh, she has a base right, but uh, to win the election, you have to expand that base, and I think this is uh uh another uh you know thing that goes against expanding the base for her you, you know b- given given the fact that she has a very loopy record right uh, and that f- furthermore uh, uh when she ran for the ucp uh, leadership uh sh- she only got 53 percent of the vote you know so uh sh- she has definite problems here i don't see that this helps her in any kind of way right you know because it just reinforces the uh feeling that uh, many that uh, that she's uh, loopy and out of control
1: all right what do you think here you got a contrasting opinion or
3: oh somewhat yeah yeah um uh-
4: in her campaign for the leadership of the party, she did say that she would drop the charges against all the pastors. Uh, and, and the persecution by the Kennedy government against uh, uh, not just Pulowski but uh, a number of different pastors... Uh, it was very blatant and, uh, you know, to, to an extreme uh, uh, and in some cases even illegal. when the police illegally entered a church while services are in progress. That's against our Constitution. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think a lot of that uh, anger against the government for persecuting these pastors is one of the main reasons why Kenny got turfed. And the leadership thing happened. So she said she was going to uh, drop the charges. Well, she found out she couldn't. I mean, she tried, and and she had the conversation with uh, Artur Palowski and said, look, I tried, but uh, I can't do anything. I can't see that's interfering. She just tried to do what she promised she'd do. Uh, if you have a problem with the government, you go to your MP, and your MP will s- go to bat for you with whatever the problem is you know you go to the prosecutor and say what's going on here can i help can we drop charges or something like that that's what an mp is supposed to do so she tried she can't do it okay
2: Except, except that she told uh, Arthur Pavlovsky that uh, she was talking to the prosecutor on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, my yeah. question. The, so she the, kept trying. She said she'd is, try again. Yeah. She the question tried. is, like, should our political representatives actually, especially the like the premier or somebody, she's the executive, right? Um, should they actually be trying to influence the outcome of the judicial system?
4: Well, she wasn't trying to influence the outcome because she did not interfere in a trial. She just asked if it could be dropped.
1: Right. And I mean, repeatedly, it, it, but still. Uh, it seems to me that those, that kind of, I mean, and that seems to me to be interference in the independence of the judiciary. I, like, that's the, the problem no, that I've got. Not.
4: No, it's not.
1: No, uh, Eric?
5: Uh, I would say to some degree, yeah, uh, she's probably interfering with the independence of the judiciary, but it's more for the way that she did it and want to vote it rather than affect it. It's not like it's not being done all the time. This business that we have in Canada and British Columbia and municipal elections of what's going on behind closed doors, we're the last ones to know. There's all sorts of things that goes on behind closed doors. Judges, but does that
1: make it okay?
5: No, but this, that's the way the system is. Prosecutors and defense lawyers sit down and sometimes they can determine what's going to happen to you in a trial before you ever get there. Yeah, you know. So it's not like our system is perfect. But, uh, you know, she's – Alberta is a very somewhat religious province, and they have some pretty strong feelings about that, probably similar to what we call the Bible Belt down in uh, – in, uh, The Fraser Valley? Yeah. And uh, you better be careful about what you're saying about certain things down there if you want to get reelected. Politicians generally talk to issues uh, that's going to get them votes and shy away from issues that's going to cost them votes. And every now and then they, they make a mistake or something and they stumble across the truth and they don't know how to handle it because they don't have much expertise in that area. So I would say this is Alberta politics at its best, Western Canada concept party separation, whatever. And I'll tell you that in my opinion, if we keep going on the way we're going in this country, the time will come that some provinces will, in fact, leave.
1: Huh. I wonder if that's the outcome here. I think that uh for considering this guy's, I mean, he was actually regardless of the COVID stuff, he was then also charged with mischief for that for that whole uh Kootz Alberta thing, right? Trying to trying to advise people not to abide by the RCMP. From what
4: I heard, he only he held some kind of prayer service and that's all. And told them to stand fast. Right. And uh the cops said that because of that, the uh, blockade, the protesters did not take down their blockade. But that's not true. What happened was the, the protesters there made a deal with the cops. If the cops would allow food and supplies to come through to them, they would open the border. And then the cops reneged on that deal. And that's why they didn't open the border. It just happened to coincident, be a coincidental with uh, Artur's Preaching to them—that's all. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, just go going ahead. back to the issue, you know, of Danielle Smith's uh, credibility and competence. I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the at the end of the story, it, it says that she's uh, going to. She told CBC she'd sue them for um, defamation. Defamation for reporting her own words.
6: Yep.
1: So, you know, this is also what, demonstrates extreme ignorance of the law.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just incra- it's crazy. And, and, it, and, you know, if this is what Alberta has to look forward to from their premier, it's a, it's a pretty scary scenario.
1: I kind of wonder, though, we've talked a lot about the the fact that, the, you know, the Emergencies Act was used to clear protesters in Ottawa. And we always said they didn't need it to clear them in in Coots, Alberta. Right. Or in uh, uh, the Ambassador Bridge there in, in, in uh, Windsor. I mean, is, is this the, the kind of things that led up to Artur Pavlovsky and his charges and then this potential interference from, like, aren't those things that we just expect the police to do and we have a thing that, that we want done? That, that, you know, if there's, if there's, if there's some people in Canada who are holding the rest of us kind of hostage and as we've talked about before, uh, you know, potentially crippling trans-border trade, which is really the reason why those two places got uh, dismantled I mean don't we want them to be doing that and isn't that like they, they use blunt force like the mischief charges in order to get that done I'm not sure what you mean don't we want them to open
4: up the blockades yeah, yeah. we do yeah well, I what does that have to do with our tour?
1: I mean, you said yeah. you, I was—I I th- I got the impression that he shouldn't have been charged with mischief. Considering well, he his. shouldn't have been charged with mischief
4: because he didn't keep it closed. They, the cops reneged on the deal. That's why it stayed closed. Right. Okay. They were going to open it till the cops backed out.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, we have
5: to uh, determine at some point in time whether whether what's happening is for political reasons or for the good of the country. And nine times out of ten, it's done for political reasons. And to get votes. And that's the part, you know, I'm really upset about this and I'm going to do something about it in the next couple of years. You know, we don't have to put up with this anymore. These politicians are doing whatever it is that they need to do to get reelected and keep their cushy jobs. And they don't care what goes on in this country or what's happening to the country. And it has to stop. And if these guys are protesting, that's legal in this country and we shouldn't have police running around there. I mean you can go to the RCMP and get a permit to put to do a protest and, and do it within the law. You know if they don't want to do that and they're breaking the law arrest them.
1: I think actually the clearing of the borders was not a political act it was a, it was an act for commerce, right? I mean you that, bet, was, but that's yeah.
5: politics. Because I, I, would suggest they got a phone call from Joe Biden's boys and said, "If you don't clear the the bridge, we will."
1: Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I think we know that they did that. Yeah. yeah.
5: Well, there you go. So there's so there's your political pressure. Oh,
1: I mean where's the political pressure comes from? What I'm saying is that with by by closing those border crossings, especially the Windsor one, you're you're crippling the ability for those two biggest trading partners in the world to actually conduct their economic you know, activities. And that's the main issue here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, we
5: have to have a way to be able to protest without people hitting you over the head with a with a baton or smacking you in the teeth with a rifle butt.
1: Definitely and agree. and we've
5: been able to do that up to this point in time in Canada. But we're slowly slipping into the right right alt right or whatever the hell they call it part where if you don't do it we say we'll split your skull.
1: So then the question I got then to bring it back to Danielle Smith is should she, ha- should she be interfering in the potentially unjust, uh, charges against Artur Pavlovsky? I don't think she is interfering. <laughs>
5: but I gotta there we go, go back to what I said. matter of <laughs> perspective. Fact, she's breaking the law charger. She's no different than anybody else. Same as Donald Trump.
1: Okay, okay. We, we're gonna take a short break here. We'll be back after these messages. Nice,
5: Hello, I'm Carlos
0: Nunez, the Galician Piper.
1: Hey, this is Tim Brennan with the Dropkick Murphys. Hey, this is Dave King from Flag and Molly. Sean Smith from Lunaset. Karen Casey here. This is Ian Byrne
4: from The Elders. Join me, Patricia Fraser, for the best Celtic music mix. Kelton in a Twist,
6: Canada's contemporary Celtic radio hour. Kelton in a Twist with your host, Patricia Fraser, Tuesday nights at 8, following Fiddle Fest with AJ, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
0: Are you thinking of selling your business? It's Dave Fuller here, a business coach and a business broker living right here in Prince. George. The challenge of being a business owner is that much of our retirement funds are often tied up in the business. If you are getting ready to retire and sell your business, give me a call 250-617-7467 and we can talk confidentially about how much your business might be worth and how you might be able to get that money out of the business and into your pocket. Again, Dave Fuller, 250-617-7467 or check out our website, pivotleader.com. At pivotleader. we help you grow, train and sell your business.
5: Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats. Founded by Ben and Rossella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Senior's Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available on most items, including pierogies and sausages, and are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Centre. Forecast from Environment Canada.
7: Periods of snow this morning, mainly cloudy this afternoon with wind from the south at 30 gusting to 50 and a 30% chance of showers or wet flurries, a high of 5. Mainly cloudy tonight, a 60% chance of flurries overnight. Gusting south winds becoming light late this evening, a low of minus 1. For Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon. Wind becoming
0: southwest 20 in the morning And a high of five. This is after nine on Prince George's Community Station, ninety-three point one CFIS FM.
1: Big news south of the border. uh, Really big, considering the size of Donald Trump. Uh, He's been charged with uh, thirty-four counts. We aren't we aren't sure what he's been charged with. Apparently, the charges are sealed, but uh, the prosecutors in I think the island of Manhattan have uh, have arraigned him on charges. He'll be there, I believe next week or is it tomorrow um in the next few days to to face those charges and we'll find out very soon they're all related to what we knew is that they're related to him paying off stormy daniels an adult film star uh who was going to come forward and and say to the world that she had uh had had an affair with donald trump and uh, i guess it's interesting. He's, he knows a lot of people, right? She initially came to the national Enquirer with this story and the editor there or the publisher there was one of Trump's buddies and said, uh, how about you, you go over here to, uh, to, to one of Donald Trump's, you know, um, kind of proxies and talk to him instead. And that's how that ball got rolling in terms of the, I think $130,000 that she was paid to, to keep quiet. Didn't last long though. I mean, I, I feel like I knew about stormy Daniels a long time ago. Uh, Peter, what do you think about this? Is this is this is this actually good for him? I heard someone say he's working up on what he's going to look like in his mugshot, right? Cuz mugshots in the United States are are public, right? And I I wonder if Democrats are actually afraid of what's of what it's going to mean for them if if they're fighting um Donald Trump in the next election and his his you know election posters are his mugshot. I think that would actually appeal to a lot of people.
3: Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> You know, just to clarify, I'm not a Trump supporter, uh, far from it, but, uh, I do believe the indictment of Trump is a huge, even catastrophic mistake. Uh, th- there's a struggle that's going on within the U.S. establishment, the oligarchs, you know, like where you have, uh, the, the Trump faction, and then you have Biden factions and others, and they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at each other. Uh, right now, like you just see these 34 charges against, uh, Trump. Now, the issue with Trump, the, I, I think Trump's biggest crime, according to the other factions, was the, was the fact that he won the uh, 2016 election. Hillary Clinton was supposed to win it, and uh, this threw a monkey wrench into the whole thing. So since then, Trump's been hit with a barrage of unrelenting attacks, accusations, <laughs> prosecutions, investigations, and so on. It's, it, it gets to be a point where it's overkill, especially when when you have things like Gate which went on for years is largely discredited mm-hmm. uh you are you know the top secret document thing right well then they find out that clinton and Bla- biden also had uh top secret secret documents and it's same with the stormy daniels daniels case so so why do i think that the indictment of trump is a mistake because it draws the u.s even closer to a terrible civil war we've we're entering unprecedented and dangerous territory you know like for example um uh, you know the indictment against Trump comes from a state of New York prosecutor but what if the state of Florida refuses to extradite Trump that's what and in fact the Governor DeSantis of Florida has said exactly that, that so you have a situation of state versus state and uh, you know what's the federal government going to do and uh, here you have somebody uh, like if um, if they, they don't extradite him uh, what what will they do so? Uh, the existing legal processes are falling apart in the states and what is left is a naked struggle for power between different levels and branches of government, the military and the oligarchy and and so on the other hand you have... uh, large numbers of people uh, losing faith in these processes and people feeling they have nothing to lose anymore. So it gets to be a dangerous situation. I don't see that this is a positive thing.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's interesting. I I certainly hope there's no uh, civil war on the horizon in the United States. But the I mean, the fact that their district attorneys are are elected. Right. And are partisan. I think every single Every single election in the United States is being fought by Democrats and Republicans, right? Um, that that to me makes this whole thing a little bit shady. I mean, the other the other question I've gotten, I understand that um, there may be some technical issues around these charges, but I don't think it's actually illegal to pay somebody not to say anything, right? Unless it's mm-hmm. a crime that that, mm-hmm. that someone's committed, which it's not a crime to have sex with another woman, right? Art, what do you think here? Well, yeah, it's not a crime uh, paying
4: off Stormy Daniels. Um, uh, I got to say this: it's a trumped-up charge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's been waiting all week. <laughs> uh,
4: this is the stuff of banana republics. You know, that's what they always do: arrest their former opponents whenever they win the next election. You know, it's uh, like first of all, it's 100 percent legal for him to pay her off hush money, non-disclosure, that's legal. Yep. Uh, what Alvin Bragg, the attorney, is saying is uh, that uh, uh, he misrepresented us, says it was for legal fees. And, and he said, no, it was a campaign donation uh, because he feared that she would say it and it would wreck his campaign. Well, how does he know that? This is uh, How does he know what was in Trump's mind? This is what they call a state-of-mind crime. How are they going to prove what Trump was thinking when he paid her off? He can't. So it's, it's, and you know, what, why would he pay her off? When, when you're rich and powerful like that, you get all kinds of extortions and accusations. And it is customary, uh, you know, you tell your uh, attorney handle it and they'll make a deal and pay them off and because it's cheaper and faster and easier than fighting them in court. So, you know, I'm sure he's done that lots of times before and a whole lot of other rich and powerful people have as well. So there's, there's nothing unusual about that. But what uh, District Attorney Bragg is saying that, OK, this was a campaign misuse of campaign funds, which is a, you know, he's falsifying the business records, which is a misdemeanor. But a misdemeanor as a statute of limitations of two years. This happened six and a half years ago. So he's trying to bump it up into a, a felony charge uh, as a campaign thing. Uh, and the statute of limitations on that is five years. So that's still not enough. So he's trying some other ridiculous thing like, oh, that statute of limitations only applies for the amount of time you were living within New York itself. That's, it'll, that'll never fly.
1: So it must be a more serious crime then, because there are crimes that there is no statute of limitations, right? Or it's like 25 I'm years.
4: I'm sure there are some. Uh, but uh, these are are not that serious. Hmm. Uh, now, when it happened, I remember when this blew up during the election campaign. And when it happened, the, the state uh, looked into it. Uh, the New York state people, they looked into it. They didn't find anything. The feds looked into it. They didn't find anything. But suddenly, six and a half years later, he found something. No, it's not going to fly. I can't see it. Um, if, uh, if if he is a, uh, convicted, which is highly unlikely, he'll uh, he, it'll be seen as the greatest uh, miscarriage of justice in history, and it'll fire up the, his base and fire up all Republicans except the Never Trumpers, and uh, give him a real boost in his campaign. And some people are saying, well, maybe this is all deliberate. In order to produce that by the Democrats, because the Democrats want him to be the candidate. The alternative, if Trump isn't the candidate, as DeSantis, then DeSantis will be, and yeah. DeSantis they fear. They he's, know he can because the independents like DeSantis. They don't much care for Trump. Yeah. So, is
1: this something like that? Oh, it's kind of a backhanded
4: way of winning the yeah. That's getting knows?
1: deep into it. Um, I'm interested in the speculation on the charges. I think uh, Herb had a couple of points during the break about what the potential charges might be based on accounting measures, right? Yeah, so,
2: so last year, the Trump Corporation was found guilty in all accounts, um, uh, schemed it a fraud in the first degree, conspiracy in the fourth degree, criminal tax fraud in the third degree, criminal tax fraud in the third degree, criminal tax fraud in the fourth degree, falsifying business records in the first degree... Uh, so on and so on and so and on. And we think they,
1: that this might be related to those... Yeah, so the as a result
2: of those charges, the Trump Corporation was fined millions of dollars, and uh, their accountant is actually uh, spending time in prison right now. Last week, he uh, switched his attorney from a Trump-appointed one to uh, to his own. So speculation is that he's now turned to safe evidence.
1: When you say he's Trump-appointed, means somebody who's affiliated with Trump. Exactly, camp. Yeah.
2: yeah. So... Uh, so the speculation is that he's turned uh, state's evidence and um, uh, has provided a lot more information. You talking so, about Michael Cohen? No, I'm talking about um, the the uh, accountant Alan Weisselberg.
1: Oh. So um, Cohen's a lawyer. Yeah, the uh, yeah. some one who paid the bag man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: so he also went to jail. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't turn state's evidence. <clears throat> so it looks like there might be a tie-in uh, on those things. So there, there's. There's also if they've got the accountant and he knows where all the all the uh, skeletons are, um, yeah, Trump could be in trouble. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, this actually, uh, if he's if he's uh, convicted, uh, he'll have to give a DNA specimen. And if he does, then uh, I believe uh, Jean Carroll, who claims that Trump raped her uh, many many moons ago, uh, and who kept the dress, uh, will be using that DNA evidence in a. So that's, that's another can of worms that's going to come. In the meantime, he's also being indicted uh, in Georgia for trying to influence the election results there. And he's still got to uh, face charges uh, from January 6th. So as far as um, energizing his base, I mean, I hope to have lots of energy. But uh, <laughs> they, they basically, uh, I mean, he's down to about 35% of Republicans who want to see him back as, uh, as president. Yeah, uh, independents uh, not so much, and Democrats obviously not. And with the Democrats, independents, and Republicans split roughly uh, equally across the states. Uh, yeah, I mean he he has a, a perhaps a good chance of getting the nomination, but very little chance of being reelected.
1: All right. Well, Eric's going to have his last word on this after these messages.
6: Uh. Active Living starts with a membership at the Northern Sports Centre. Membership includes over 40 hours of weekly group fitness and recreation, such as Boomer Fit, Gentle Yoga, and Pickleball. Consider the affordable small group registered programs like Active Aging and Intro to Women on Weights, perfect for those new to fitness. Start your health and fitness journey with the Charles Jago Northern Sports Centre. For more information, access their website through the services page at unbc.ca. Local singer-songwriters Amy Blanding, Rochelle Van Zanten, and Kim Gucci share the stage with your Prince George Symphony Orchestra Saturday, April 15th at Vanier Hall. The PG Symphony Sessions is a celebration of local music with the original songs featuring new orchestral arrangements by Simon Cole. Tickets are available at the symphony office and through pgso.com. The PG Symphony Sessions with Rochelle Van Zanten, Kim Gucci, and Amy Blanding joining your Prince George Symphony Orchestra Saturday, April 15th at Vanier Hall. March is Fraud Prevention Month and Prince George RCMP is here to help you become more
1: fraud aware. If you are a target or victim of fraud, gather all information about the fraud, report the incident to the Prince George RCMP, and report the incident to the financial institution where the money was sent. For more information on scams and frauds, check out the Frauds and Scams page on the BCRCMP website or visit the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre online. Connaught Youth Centre
7: Ladies' Morning Badminton is in need of more members. The club meets for some exhilarating games of badminton Tuesday and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11. Drop-in fee is just $10 and the club has a few spare rackets for those who just want to try it out. Friendly, fun and a great form of exercise. Connaught Youth Centre Ladies' Morning Badminton Tuesday and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11 at the Connaught Youth Centre on 17th at Victoria.
0: You're listening to after nine on Prince George's Community Station 93.1 CFIS FM
1: Eric, what do you think about this uh, the indictment of Donald Trump is this are these as art says trumped up charges or do we have a real reason to, to be concerned I, here
5: <clears throat> no pros, prosecutor prosecutor in any so-called democratic country is going to or should be going to court with a, you know a case that he can't prove. Or he doesn't feel that he can prove. I think the charges are valid, and the court is there to decide whether he's innocent or whether he's guilty. That's why we have courts. You know, right now it's all being tried in the uh, public opinion and in the media, and it's and it's it's Fox News. It's entertainment. It sells newspapers, but it's got nothing to do with facts. Facts are the first thing they disappear. <clears throat> Even what like Peter was saying about you know if they go and and uh, you know get it down the road towards a civil war and then. The, Some states, says California says, they're not going to extradite him. Well, some people might say, well, you know, that's not a good thing. Other people will say, that's great. Stay in California for the rest of your life, and when you leave, we'll arrest you. And he's out of the election, he's not going to run, and he's finished politically. So that's not going to happen. This is politics, pure and simple, and that's what I'm really irritated about is because we get... 12 years now of trump joe biden democrat and republican politics it's all garbage and we don't get anything done for the country
1: for canada you mean
5: and even for canada we're sitting here in an isolated town in the center of nowhere in the middle of winter and we're talking about american politics
1: (laughs) but it's entertaining eric exactly (laughs) (laughs) peter you wanted to say something well, I, I, what I wanted to
3: say, in my opinion, both Republicans and Democrats, you know, like the hurling accusations back and forth at each other, if the Democrats get back in, or, or if the Republicans get back in, we'll pr- probably see more uh, charges against the Democrats, you know, so you have the, a situation of the pot calling the kettle black, you know, in terms of these two parties, and, uh, that, that's a whole problem. Is that the the two-party system is uh, is failing in the U.S. It's uh, you know the whole idea of you, you have a black horse and a white horse, right, and then you just change from one to the other. But it's all about the oligarchic factions. And what uh, what concerns me is or or what I'm looking for and all that. Is we need it would be very good to see a movement in the U.S. that uh, repudiates both of those parties. Those both those parties are leading, like Eric says, they're, they're leading uh, people down a, a, a bad path. And uh, so I, I'm I'm hoping to see s- some kind of uh, uh, movement that would counteract. Then there is a movement towards civil war there. Like uh, there's not there's Not to be underestimated. You know in terms of the, that that could break out on any number of issues
1: yeah I mean they, I don't I let's leave the Civil War thing aside the uh, other other parties getting involved remember Ross Perot yeah teeny I mean, tiny Texan yeah he I mean and all he, he did gave was it to vote yeah he gave it to Clinton right
3: well, he gave it to Clinton and and he himself was threatened and, really? and 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 withdrew right or, yeah. or stepped no, back. No
1: he was still on the he was still yeah.
3: on the ballot. But he kind of stepped yeah. back from what yeah. he was pushing, right? Yeah, he dropped out.
1: But the uh
3: somebody said he got a phone call.
1: Really? I mean this is the the issue there is that, that those two parties have captured so much of the process and, and the institutions all the way down, right? Well, I mean, le- you're registered as a Republican or a Democrat as, like, a voter. Or right? an independent. An indepe- independent, right? Which well,
3: is- well, you look at political figures in the states there, you know, the ones who uh, uh, right have either left-wing or right-wing have pushed for an alternative to the two parties, the Republicans and Democrats. And uh, anyway, you see, that's where you see assassinations have taken place. You well, know, like Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X and uh, then on the other side, you, you, George Wallace you know being shot and and so on right so both those uh, those parties that they have a system in place, but that system in place is getting very shaky
1: hmm. um, I do want to move on to some more Canadian news here uh, again, I think it 's related to state overreach. Bill C-18 is at the Senate. Uh, bill C-18 is a bill that is meant to uh, fund Canadian media with funds by basically charging online uh, distributors, Google, Facebook, Netflix, Disney, and bringing them kind of into the CanCon regulations that we have now. Um, related to news, uh, particularly Google and Facebook would be required to provide funds to what the government has defined as news outlets. Uh, There are a lot of issues with this bill, particularly the fact that um, Google and Facebook have turned around and said, that's fine, we won't carry Canadian news then. Uh, And Google went so far as to test, I think, on 10% of their user base in Canada a couple of weeks ago, not feeding news to people. And some people, particularly journalists actually noticed, oh they, they look up a news story in Google and they only get American uh American news outlet coverage of it. What's what's going on here with C18 and I know Art was mentioning another bill that's kind of related. Um Art, what do you think is going on with C18 and, and like do we need this level of government intervention in order to save Canadian media and actually have a you know base of of news uh Newspapers and other other media out there considering, Google and Facebook now now have eighty percent of the advertising revenue in Canada.
4: Yeah, well, uh, the media, the news business is changing, and we've seen the decline in our own newspaper, The Citizen. Here, I used to get that uh, six days a week delivered to my door, and then it went to five, and then now it's a weekly, and it's uh, it would die as a weekly newspaper except it's online. The online thing is what's keeping it going. Um, uh, a lot of other uh, small periodicals and uh, you know sm- uh, special interest uh, papers—they're uh, suffering as well because, uh, especially through the COVID thing, they lost a lot of advertising and it's not coming back. So the government, rather than just subsidizing them all, I guess they're going to try and get the big American companies who have ended up with most of the advertising to give it to them. I. Uh, some of them are happy to take the money, but are they going to get the money? And is it going to cost them readership? I mean, you want to look something up, you Google it or you use another search engine to, to find it, and it takes you to that newspaper. And so uh, you're going to lose readership if you can't search and find something like that and you're just going to go down a little faster that's all uh canadian publications especially magazines are they all get supported by government there's a subsidy for that because they can't compete against the big american magazines now i'm talking a few years back when magazines the paper type things uh, were delivered to your uh, mailbox once a week or once a month. Uh, uh, there was one, uh, the Western Standard, which was a right-wing publication out of Alberta for the Byfields, or... No. Yeah, it's still around the Western I think it was Standard. them. Yeah. It was somebody, anyway. Yeah, no, that wasn't Western Standard. They had something else. But they were right-wing, and they said, well, government should not be supporting this, and since we are getting these subsidies too we will no longer receive government subsidies we'll reject them two months later they were bankrupt so yeah <laughs> the canadians knew do need help but the way they the government is going around about it i think is wrong
6: all right well we're going to be back with this topic after these messages If you don't know a pawn from a pickle or a gambit from a gazebo, the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library is the place to be on Wednesday, April 12th. Every second Wednesday, the library offers an intro to chess, where you can learn the basics
7: of the game and hone your skills. It's a free all-ages drop-in event running from 5.30
6: to 7 every second Wednesday. So whether your aim is to become a grandmaster or just be able to push the pieces around in a game with friends, check out the intro to chess, Wednesday, April 12th from 5.30. 7 at your Prince George Public Library.
7: Lunch is on Monday through Thursday at the Spruce Capital Senior Centre. Each day features a different soup and sandwich or the occasional pasta or stew dish. Stop by the centre to pick up this month's menu schedule then plan your next lunch date with friends. Note that the centre is closed on statutory holidays including Easter Monday. The Spruce Capital Senior Centre open four days a week Monday through Thursday for lunch on Rainbow Drive across from Rainbow Park at Lier Drive.
6: The Prince George Potter's Guild is hosting Triad Wheel Throwing Nights again this year. It's your chance to throw multiple bowls throughout the evening, then choose one masterpiece to keep, which the instructor will finish and glaze for you. Cost is $50 per person and includes instruction and clay, plus glaze and firing for one bowl. Registration and more details are available through the programs link at studio2880.com. The next Triad Wheel Throwing Night from the Prince George Potter's Guild is April 5th forecast from
7: Environment Canada. Periods of snow this morning, mainly cloudy this afternoon with wind from the south at 30 gusting to 50 and a 30% chance of showers or wet flurries, a high of 5. Mainly cloudy tonight, a 60% chance of flurries overnight. Gusting south winds becoming light late this evening, a low of minus 1. For Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon. Wind becoming southwest 20 in the morning
0: and a high of 5 keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
1: Eric, what do you think about the C-18 and the move to functionally pull money from the new tech behemoths, Google, Facebook, etc., and funnel it into Canadian media?
5: Well, I haven't followed it that close because as far as I'm concerned, media in North America has had the biscuit. But uh, the thing is, we had a similar problem here a while back with <clears throat> musicians and that, and getting paid for what they were producing. And uh, YouTube and those people were making all kinds of money printing that stuff, and the guy that wrote the song and, and sang it was getting nothing. Still
1: happening. Yeah.
5: Still happening. Well, that's not right. You see that, and there should be a fair distribution of the money that's uh, that's being generated to the people that are making it able to you know to generate the money. And uh, but more importantly in that is the freedom of press and accurate news is really the fundamental uh, uh, building block of a democratic society. And we don't need Fox News, which registered as an entertainment company, not as a news company. It's like uh, uh, worldwide wrestling or something. It's entertainment. It's not wrestling. You know, we don't need that type of thing to be reading with our coffee every morning. And if you if you have limited choices, that's what you get. Then people start believing it.
1: The uh, yeah, I mean the 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 question here is. I mean, Google and Facebook have captured eighty percent of the of the advertising market in Canada. Yeah, thanks mm.
5: to people who don't want to go anyplace else and do anything different. I I always relate back to years ago. I read an article. No, it's
1: it's because they've kept they've made a product that people want to use. That's why.
5: Well, yes. No.
1: no what do no. you use to get on the internet? You use the people, Google to okay, look around.
5: Okay, let's be a little more. Yeah, sure. I go on there and use right? it, but but I'm also. You know, I throw out a bunch of garbage. I never, I don't recall ever going to Fox News, to give you an example. Fox News
1: isn't part of this conversation. Yeah,
5: I wouldn't do that. But but I do remember years ago reading an article like in China or something where people walked 100 miles to read a newspaper tacked up on a fence. That's how important news and accurate news was. And the same thing with Radio Canada during the First and Second World War and those types of things. Mind you, a lot of that was propaganda. But the thing is, you have to have... Uh, news media out there that you can trust. You can't so, trust this stuff that's out there in the internet because you don't know who's putting it there.
1: That's a great point. This funding in this bill is going to go mostly to entertainment. It's going to go to the broadcasters, right, uh, both TV and radio, who mo- their their bottom line, and this is no strings attached funding, their bottom line is not about producing news, as we know from uh, CTV, who has just been sh- like, shedding journalists. Well, let's, their, look, their let's look at this just for
5: a sec. 51% or so of the people who vote are seniors. 51% of the people who don't use Facebook and, and Twitter and Skip and Jump and whatever else they do, bitter or badder, they don't use that. And they're the people that can't access news because...
1: Because there's no paper anymore.
5: Exactly. So yeah. I would say if you're going to spread the money around, give it to those people also that's going to put out a paper... That you can wrap fish
2: in and, and use exactly, and
1: great way to subsidize yeah. the pulp and paper industry too. Exactly, we create Her, jobs. Heard what do you think about C eighteen and uh, and what it might mean for Canadian media?
2: Okay, so C eighteen basically comes out of uh, some some uh, legislation that was passed back in twenty twenty in Australia. Yeah. So in, in uh, twenty nineteen, the Australians found that uh, out of every hundred dollars uh, spent on advertising, uh, fifty three went to Google, twenty eight to Facebook, and nineteen to other all, all other websites. And so, as a result of that, the Australians uh, told Google that they had to, and Facebook that they were going to have to start um, uh, paying recompense to the news stories they picked up and used on um, uh, on their feeds, and uh, uh, and basically it worked. So it, you know the uh, you know the, the distribution might be a little. Uh, uh,
1: Went to, the money went to Rupert Murdoch. Well,
2: year. but it also it, it has gone to other other outlets as well. So I mean, it hasn't worked perfectly. Murdoch so, got yeah, the lion's share, the
1: lion like almost but, something like almost 100 went to again, his But again,
2: I mean, you know, if, if Murdoch is picking up smaller stories, uh, you know, from from you know small newspapers around around Australia, then at least there's some money coming back, right? So so it, it has worked uh, in a, in a rough sense, but much better than before. And as a result, Canada, New Zealand, and a number of other countries are looking at the Australian legislation. Yeah, there's there's like 20
1: countries looking at this legislation right now. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and, you know, because it's not just a Canadian problem. It's a worldwide problem.
1: Yep. And we are all spending – we are all – our eyeballs are all being sold to American corporations right now.
2: Well, okay. But, uh, you know, again, back to uh, CanCon uh, content, right? Like, basically, at one point – there were no uh, Canadian content rules for radio stations, and uh, Canadian artists were getting short shrift. So, with uh, with that kind of uh, legislation, uh, Canadian artists were compensated, and still are actually. So, I, I don't see any reason why that can't occur also on the internet.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the argument that I'm hearing from uh, folks who produce like the new, you know, podcasts and and small uh, outlets, they're saying that. They are very likely going to be overlooked by this whole legislation and the legislation itself is meant to prop up the dinosaurs, right? The legacy media that, that have not been able to figure out how to run their, their business in this new environment. That, you know, there, there are issues here. I mean, it, it's possible that we look at Google as more of a, a monopoly, right? And think about antitrust legislation to break it up because it owns how you get to the news. It owns the advertising system that the news actually uses. If you're going to go to go on the Globe and Mail, I almost guarantee you that they're going to be using Google served ads. So they capture like a little chunk of every single thing that goes along that whole line. I mean, maybe that's the way to look at this thing rather than requiring them. And and it's strange, like. Google is baked into the legislation as if Google's going to be around forever too, right? It's, I, I it's. There's a lot of strange things going on. I'm gonna leave it to Peter. Uh,
3: yeah, no, no, I would agree that it's a, it's a, it's a fight between uh, you know big monopolies, right? On the one hand, you have Facebook and Google. Who uh, who are involved uh, very much in censoring and uh, manipulating the news, etc. Lots of stuff has come out about, about that. But then again, the, who they're fighting against is what you call the legacy media, the the print media, and so on. Right. So it's a fight at that level between the oligarchs there. Right. But uh, what I what I look at here is uh, like who gets left out in the cold is the public as a whole. And uh, you know what I th- uh, what I think we need to do is we need to democratize the news process, and and, and by that I mean like um, there should be funding available for uh, local news. What uh, we're doing not,
1: right here, uh, what,
3: like like what we're <laughs> doing right here, there should be funding. But what should what should actually happen? There should be processes in place where, whereby the uh, the people who take care of the news in a particular town for for four four, four years or so are are elected you know why why not why not bring that in bring that in so that people can have uh, their say in terms of uh, who uh, can best represent the news and and do the news or whatever and, and that's just one example though like of we we have we should look towards how to democratize this more give it so that people have more control over the, the news media because news media is like a utility it's essential in the modern world and um you know local news is very important that way
1: i mean the internet i will say facebook and google have made it really easy for small town small time people to to be able to monetize what they make right that's the whole point of youtube and youtube's owned by google That, that has been a real shift because the legacy media had a monopoly on advertising for a long time. And if you wanted, if you wanted to get something into the paper in order to to talk about your yard sale, whatever, you had to go through them. Well now you can go through somebody else and it's, I just, they don't like it, right? We gotta take a short break, we'll be back after these messages. Theatre
7: Northwest is proud to support local theatre artist Julian Legere in his three-part Pride Reading Series. This spring, Legere is bringing three plays to the stages of Theatre Northwest, all of them written by queer artists speaking to the queer experience. The next reading will be Dragonfly, a story of a person's gender odyssey, Wednesday, April 5th. Tickets for all Pride Series readings are available through theaternorthwest.com.
1: CNC's Burns Lake location is hosting fully funded cultural resource management courses from April 3rd to June 9th. The program will cover a variety of topics including archaeology, 3D printing, GPS, and mapping. Both in class and in field, students will learn from experienced instructors and elder guest speakers. At the end of the course, students will receive industry certification in wilderness and more. For
6: more information, check out the cultural resource management video on CNC's YouTube channel. Your Prince George Chamber of Commerce is holding their annual general meeting on April 25th. All members in good standing are invited to attend for free to vote for the representative you wish to have address business matters in the coming year. More information and AGM package details are available through the calendar page under events at pgchamber.bc.ca. The 2023 Prince George Chamber of Commerce AGM, Tuesday, April 25th from 5 to 7 at Amanika Arts Center. The CNIB Wheels of Fortune Car Raffle and 50-50 Draw are underway. You could win a totally refurbished 1964 Mercury Comet Caliente. All proceeds support CNIB programs in B.C. Tickets for both the Car Raffle and 50-50 Draw are available at cnib.rafflenexus.com. Grand prize draws will be made August 8th. The CNIB Wheels of Fortune Car Raffle and 50-50 Draw. B.C. Gaming License Numbers 139745 and 139102. Purchase your tickets by August seventh.
0: It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, ninety-three point one CFIS FM.
1: Uh, we've got uh, oh, we've got the Carpenters coming through. I think um, we're back talking about uh, the chaos in Israel. If anyone's been following this, it's it's pretty fascinating. So there's the uh, the right wing party led by, led by Netanyahu. He's been he's been in. Like Israeli politics, I think, since the early 80s, right? Since, since uh, Moses
2: wore short pants.
1: <laughs> right. He's, <laughs> he's, he is a, a very elder statesman, um, or just elderly statesman. Um, and his his coalition, right now, which includes a, a number of far right, like, you know, Israel always requires uh, coalition governments to get in. They were pr- They were proposing to allow the legislature the ability to actually overturn decisions by the, by the judiciary, as well as I think altering, they have, I think 13 of these laws that are, that function really as a constitution in Israel. They're the kind of foundational laws. Um, they do not have a, a written constitution. Every time they've tried to make a written constitution, it's kind of failed, but they do have case law obviously. And they, you know, something more like a British system where you don't need a written constitution. You have these kind of fundamental laws and everyone respects them and there's a judiciary, etc. Uh, Back to you know it's kind of been a theme here of uh, political interference in injustice. Uh, that was a real danger I think. There was a general strike in Israel recently and that actually had forced uh, and you to walk this back. Eric, what's your what's your line on this? a is this, uh, is this something that might be coming more uh, towards North America? Do we have this is there a danger that these kinds of moves might be made if we continue to elect populist leaders?
5: Well, yeah, it's not—it's not a good thing. I mean, this uh, Israel's been having problems for 19 since 1948 when they declared statehood. <clears throat> so nothing new there. It's—it's uh, it's, uh, Peter can maybe touch on this, but there's a prime example of 18 or 20 different governments being elected and trying to get something done, and—and and they fight all the time, and very very seldom did they ever accomplish anything. That's the one part of it. The other part of it, just to finish it off quickly. Israel gets $10 billion or $100 billion or whatever it is every year from the United States, which is basically the the primary funding for that state. And so they're an American sort of state in the Middle East and financed by the Americans. So, of course, we're getting a lot of this American politics. I I don't agree with any extreme right-wing government. I don't think we need them, and I don't think we need the extreme left. We need... In this country, what got us to this point? We need a continuation of good government, and get away from all this garbage, right wing, left wing. You know, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to have a revolution. And you know,
1: just to be clear, it's 150 billion a year, and it's the largest cumulative recipient of U.S. foreign aid from uh, to Israel. Herb, what is like? What's going on over there? And it's I, I'm I'm happy to have seen a general strike actually overturn some of this craziness, but
2: well I, you know you can't ignore the facts that Netanyahu's up on corruption charges um you know probably has a vested interest in seeing the um power the the party in power which is his take control of the over the um, judiciary so i think a lot of israel's uh, israelites or israelis sorry uh, <laughs> uh saw the same thing and uh, uh and came out and protested so uh you know it's it's a good uh Uh, It's a good sign for Israel that, um, uh, you know, people are still uh, active in their democracy and uh, willing to uh, fight for what's right.
1: Peter.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's part of the crisis that's afflicting various uh, countries around the world in terms of... uh, uh, the, uh, processes, uh, checks and balances and so on. And, and that's been in Canada and it's happening in the U.S. now and so on, right? You know, so it's, it's part of that, uh, you know, fight that's taking place between, uh, oligarchs. Uh, my, the point I would like to make is that, uh, I, I wish there was more attention paid to the, uh, situation of the Palestinians it, within the, uh, Gaza Strip and, uh, the, the, the West Bank. You know, like uh, I'd like to see a situation whereby people are out in the street, Israelis are out in the street fighting for the rights of Palestinians to have rights and uh, rather than being second class citizens as they're uh, as, as they exist right now. So uh, uh, that's one
1: thing I would like to see more of. All right. What do you think about this? Uh, the move, the, the step backwards? Do you think this was ever a justified move in the first place? I don't know enough about it uh,
4: to make a specific judgment on that. Um, I think the government went too far, overreached its bounds, and uh, the people said, no, you can't do this. Uh, there is some fundamental basics for this kind of thing. Governments make laws. Courts uphold the laws, enforce the laws so I think they tried to skip that part. If they want to change the, you know, if, if they want judicial reform, they need to change the laws first. That's all they need to do, uh, change the laws themselves, not change how much power they have over the courts. That's a totally different story. So they're just going about it wrong.
1: All right. Uh, we have just a minute left here. We did want to talk about this issue that Apparently, there's asbestos in the 350 kilometers of pipes in Prince George, Um, and I wanted to give Herb a minute here to just uh, explain what is actually going on there and whether it's a danger.
2: So it doesn't seem that it is a danger, but it, but it sort of does bring up our, our drinking water as a problem because uh, there were tests done back in 2016, 2017. It found that uh, there were five um, communities across Canada that had lead in the water levels higher than that of Flint, Michigan, including Prince Rupert, uh, three towns in uh, Saskatchewan and, and Montreal. And in Prince George, there were seven schools that were found to um, contravene the the uh, accepted levels of lead so uh, and there is no uh, provincial authority uh, responsible for uh, water quality in terms of lead so Uh, There's a problem in Prince George's water, not necessarily asbestos.
1: Wow, that's crazy. And that's, especially at schools, when we know that lead is actually, uh, it it disrupts the ability for the brain to develop. Uh, Well,
5: on on
1: that (laughs) note, have a great weekend, everybody.
0: After Nine is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After Nine is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by the Ebb's. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca.
7: You're listening to 93.1 CFISFM Prince George, proudly partnered with local community groups like the Railway and Forestry Museum on River Road next to Cottonwood Island Park.